Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Kyle. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. Email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Josh High False. Today's guest is Cynthia Marie, formerly a member of Cheat Code, now part of The Woe Show in Madison, Wisconsin. Cynthia's first sketch is called Interviewing. Cynthia reads the role of Rebecca. Quentin Alexander reads as Jimmy the Fist. I read as Ricky the Snake. And Peter Rambo gives the stage directions. So let's go to the sketch. Interior. The lair for new mob boss, Ricky the Snake. Jimmy the Fist and Ricky the Snake are standing around a table. On the table is a computer, some ropes, and weapons. We need 11 people to pull this heist off. Tell me what you got. Well, most of the guys from the last job came back, but uh, our computer guy is in jail, so... I gave you two months. You are Jim the Fist. Bully some nerd into it already. Look, Ricky the Snake, the RIAA has been taken out nerds one shared music file at a time. A top choice is waiting. Great. Rebecca enters. Absolutely not. Rebecca's the best boss. Do you have a code name? I have an AOL screen name. Get out. Rebecca starts to get up. Rebecca, sit. Snake, hear me out. Rebecca sits, starts playing with her phone. Clearly disinterested. Lady parts throw off the whole vibe in this kind of thing. Pedro Le Frenchman will fall in love with her and want to whisk her away from all this. Jim looks at Rebecca. She looks up from her phone. Wait, what? I don't think she's uh, the Le Frenchman's type. Fist, everyone knows girls can't work computers. Can too. I've seen her resume. Just listen. Computers? Got one. Technical experience? I build all of my IKEA furniture myself. I customize my Facebook page to look like a MySpace page. It sparkles. I even use Photoshop stamp tool to remove my mustache from all of my photos. My wife just uses bleach. Can you put a security camera on a loop for 14.6 seconds so we can get in and out of the casino? Sure, whatever. I'll Google it. Ricky pulls Jim aside. Rebecca concentrates on her phone. Seriously, Jim? Pirate Bay, Mega Upload, Oink's Pink Palace. Techies are are an endangered species, man. This is what we got. They look back at Rebecca. I need some proof regarding your expertise. Whatever. Give me your phone. What are you going to do? Change all the stoplights on 34th Street? Shut shut down power for the whole block? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a second. Type, type, type. Uh, There you go. So did you wire money from Trump's offshore accounts into Oz? Check your computer. I, Ricky the Snake, love Taylor Swift. Okay, she is the voice of a generation. Also, that's not hacking. I was already logged into Facebook. She hacked your phone, though. It's not password protected. Uh, it has a virus now. I'm collecting your social security information as we speak. That's a lie. Do you really want to risk it? They stare intently at each other. She breaks, clearly showing that she was lying about the information. Yeah, it's a lie. All right, I'm sorry, Rebecca. You just aren't what we're looking for right now. Just because she's a woman? 
Yo, that's sexist. She couldn't hack her way out of an origami box with a pair of chopsticks. But I already tweeted that I got the job. You, you what? what? Yeah, see? Rebecca reads off her cell phone. Hanging with at Jim the Fist and at Ricky the Snake, this job's gonna be sick. Hashtag I got skills with a Z. Well, that could mean anything. Oh, and this one. Again, Rebecca reads off her cell phone. Period. At Philippe D won't know what hit him. Yo, at Sugartown, we're gonna rake in the dough. Hashtag big heist. You contacted the police? Jim, she contacted the police. Ricky pulls out a gun. Do you know what you've done? I'll kill you. Boss, don't know it was you. A- anyway, Rebecca can just say it was a joke. Yeah, yeah? Sure I can. For a price. The end. Hey, Cynthia. Hi. So where did this idea come from? Um... I don't know. I remember that at the time, Fit was at the Shubin, and I was mm-hmm. going to a lot of their shows. And you know, after the shows were over, we would socialize kind of outside. Mm-hmm. People would smoke, um, and I would like stand around, and they'd be like, "You should write a sketch. Anyone can do a sketch. It's an open <laughs> mic." And I would just kind of like go ha ha, um, and then walk away. Um, <laughs> so. I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and then I i think it was like three blocks from here, actually, one day, I just sat down at a coffee shop and just wrote in the notebook that's actually still in my backpack right now, um, like, pages of material, and it was actually like three separate sketches mm-hmm. all kind of smushed into one, and then I looked at it, and... Uh, I guess the idea of Ocean's Eleven heists kind of stuck out to me. Right. And how silly it is that all of those movies have, like, like caricatures of people. Yeah. Like, there's always the one bomb expert. Yeah. Um, who's also usually, like, the token guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> and Well, to be like fair, Ocean's <laughs> Eleven had <laughs> two? Yeah. Two token <laughs> guys. <laughs> um, and two token race. So, like. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the tech person and the girl and the well, Ocean's Eleven like, doesn't have that. That's true. Ocean's Twelve does. Yeah. Like. Um, and then the car. Yeah. Person and for some reason the girl's job is always like to like use seduction to distract someone. It's never anything cool. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. Because that's Ocean's Twelve. Is Julia yeah. Roberts is playing Julia Roberts. Like. Yeah. That's her <laughs> role. And, um yeah and and you were saying before we recorded that you had written this and submitted it as part of a packet for the first sketch house teams yeah i started i started hanging around fit right when the first sketch team was being put together Mm -hmm. and um i didn't i hadn't taken the class i think i was maybe three weeks into the first class (laughs) when it first started how did you find out about fit um my friend Nora was on American Breakfast with okay. Sean Landis and Pete Rambo and Eric Steele. Um, and <laughs> um, she, 
like I knew that she was taking classes and that she was in this group, but she wouldn't let me come to shows because she was very private. Yeah. Um, and then finally she let us come to a show and I like came and saw everyone mm-hmm. and I was like, this looks like so much fun. Um, and just going to shows and watching everyone was so entertaining and funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started going every night because I didn't know a lot of people in Philadelphia okay. at the time. I had just moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you spend so much time at a place like that, eventually someone's like, take Why tickets. Why aren't you doing like, something? Yeah. Like, um, like at one point they were like, can you take tickets and we won't make you pay for the show? And I was like, great. <laughs> I paid for the show three days in a row. Um, save me seven dollars. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, um, so then you're taking, you take uh, 101 with... Yeah. Who's the teacher? I took it with Brian Kelly. Okay. Was oh, there yeah. anyone like in the class as well that was that's still in the scene that's still doing um, things? There's no. I don't think there's anyone in that class that's still in Philadelphia. My Not class had a lot of people that took the class once and then just disappeared. So you're like the only survivor yeah. from that. There was this wow. one girl, Tanya, for a while. Yeah, that <laughs> she did. She did a lot of. She was really funny. She was cast on a team. But then she moved, I think, okay. pretty quickly. But she hmm. was really good. Um, I think she lives in New York. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah. But this sketch, the first time it was done, um, I asked Billy Bob Thompson and Luke Field if they would act in mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and, like, I hadn't talked to either of them before. And... They did so well. As I say, like they like as going for people at SketchUp, yeah. like you can't really pick two better actors. Yeah, draw, like <laughs> people to read a sketch for the first time and get it and do it well. Yeah, like, and like they uh, they they brought all of these things to it that I hadn't even thought of, um, and like made it made what is in my mind like kind of a weak beginning sketch. Mm-hmm. Like I had no concept of it because I wrote it before I wrote that sketch before I took any sketch classes mm-hmm. at all. Um, and they like made basically a half-hearted material <laughs> really, really, really great. Yeah, Billy Bob was, was um, pretty good at elevating like. Yeah, and they used to do that every single night. Yeah. Like they'd get sketches that were just flat out bad um, and make them so funny mm-hmm. just because of they had such great energy and acting skills. And so this was <laughs> you put this at together for Sketch Packet. You. And you didn't get on the team yeah. along with you know, <laughs> tons of other people. So where does the rest of what's your next performing like? You mean after that? Yeah. Like what? what's your next sketch endeavor? Do you mean like in the past or now? Yeah, in the past. In the past. Um, We're going to timeline. We're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I took that class and then. I didn't, I was too scared to like ask anyone if they would be in a sketch group with me. So I started writing with my boyfriend, Peter, Mm -hmm. and we would do kind of two person sketches as uh, free candy, which um, was, it was just like the two of us and we did a lot of kind of like either boyfriend-girlfriend sketches or, like, mom and dad or, like, just mm-hmm. things that were, like, very simple, like, relationship-focused yeah. kind of silly stuff. Um, uh, 
and we did kind of one-off sketches at theme shows and stuff for a while and then we did a sketch uh, a short show at Latage for I think yeah now time what was that I don't, I don't uh, remember what now time was it was after it was yeah it was JP's show it was after Camp Woods okay oh, right 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 when it was, Camp yeah. Woods stopped and what JP took, yeah. took over it was when, now yeah, time when Camp Woods plus yes <laughs> and, okay yeah I, but I before do. I remember hey, cool. that now. <laughs> right all right, so you have free candy, and then eventually there's cheat code. I remember cheat code yeah, was a thing. Yeah, cheat code. So I did, we did free candy for a while, and then I met Quentin. Um, and then I had the idea that I wanted to do a show that was based off of video games. Mm-hmm. So I asked Quentin to be in it because um, he's my nerd friend. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Although it's Philadelphia comedy. You don't so have like to go very far <laughs> to find a, to nerd, find friend. a nerd friend. It's true. Um and then uh, Peter recommended uh, Matt and Pat from Hey We're Cool, so we got them to join our group. Okay. Um, and then Brian Kelly uh, told me about this girl, Kat Cantonella, um, who was, I guess, taking his class, his mm-hmm. sketch class at the time. And so I reached out to her, and she was really excited. And um, she wrote, this really funny portal sketch um that was it was like a, a monologue mm-hmm. because it was just chell talking to the companion cube <laughs> um, okay you're talking about video games so i have no clue what you're um, talking about but yeah it's get, like, like an inanimate object okay. she's just talking to an inanimate object like it's her boyfriend and it's so like it's so ridiculous of a, like to be a, a monologue um but like cheat code was basically all video game. Yeah, humor. it was all video games, but it was also we tried really hard to be accessible. I was about to say because so, I would have been lost completely with yeah. There's every no like, video game reference and like, there aren't references. Like people like, will be dressed up like the characters, mm-hmm. but um, the jokes in the portal sketch were like jokes about having a relationship with something that doesn't talk right. back to you. Right. You're um, using the video games as a jumping off point, not necessarily like, yeah. or, or you're not going deep as like, Hey, we're smart about you. Like this is a yeah. reference that you're not going to get. Huh? Or like the, the joke we made in the sim sketch was about how if you have Sims in the same room and one of them gets like boxed in behind a chair, it can just slowly die and none of the other characters in the room will notice. <laughs> That's <not laughs> um, a good which is really flaw. depressing and yeah. scary when you think about it. But when you're playing the game, you're like, "Ha, <laughs> 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 sucker!" You can't help um, each other. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, after cheat code, what what comes next? Um, so after cheat code, I I didn't have any official groups. I just started doing random stuff wherever right. I could. So I I worked on a music show at Fit and then I worked on a bunch of kind of like one-off shows. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember all of them. Like some of them were with Good Good Comedy, some of them were at Fit, some of them were like indie bar shows. Sure. Just tons of weird random stuff anywhere. So what And I did that for like 3 years. <laughs> what was like yeah cuz I because cheat code basically happens at a time where I wasn't paying attention to the comedy scene very well. Like, yeah, I, I disappeared for a while. Yeah, and 
like I remember I remember you from before like American Breakfast because the last judo arranged show that I was a part of yeah was judo judo arranged American Breakfast duo yeah. show um but that was before I did anything right and like because like oh Cynthia's now doing things and then like <laughs> oh Cynthia's in tech oh Cynthia's always in tech she's always here now like um yeah <laughs> or at least that kind of felt that way to me as I it, was it's true I was I was working at the theater and I was working as the tech person and I was also working as the props and costumes mm-hmm. coordinator um so at that time i was just kind of doing everything like i had improv shows i was in two improv groups and i did like a christmas musical puppet show um with uh joe sabatino and um and maggie keegan who mm-hmm. put that all together um and got a bunch of really great people to be in it so you did Sketch 101. Did you do did you do Sketch 201? Like Yes, I took Sketch 201 at least twice. Okay. Um, cuz I I've done it twice too. <laughs> uh, both times with Paul. Yes. Is there any like people in those classes that Cuz I'm always interested in like um, who you go through the classes with like I'm trying to think. I th- I think I can't remember who was in that class. Most of the people who were in my two at my two hundred one class that I took most recently were like improv people mm-hmm. who just I guess had run out of classes to take, so <laughs> they just started. They were like, I guess we'll take a sketch class. Did you go through the um, improv system? I did. I took I took uh, all of the basic you went, went improv classes until four hundred one, and then I moved away. So right. Okay. I didn't um, have time who to take any were your improv teachers? Um, Tara Demi was my one hundred one teacher. She okay. was amazing. Um, and then. I think it was Kevin Pettit. Okay. Um, was two hundred one, three hundred one was Steve K. Mm-hmm. Um. Or wait, no, three hundred one was Mike Marbach, and four hundred one was Steve K. Or okay. it might have been the opposite. But That's fine. Like um, yeah. Everyone, I every teacher I had was just so so helpful. I actually think that taking the improv classes was better for me as a sketch person okay um Um, because i have always been scared of acting right and um i think that i use that as like a as a crutch sometimes where i would just write sketches and then just give the parts to people that i thought something i would do were better than me um i think that's a relatively common thing when yeah because i i would much rather just write like yeah. And whenever I, I acted, it was basically out of necessity. Like, yeah. Like, I would always cast myself as the straight man and then give, like, the crazier mm-hmm. characters and parts to other people. Right. Um, which, looking back, I'm like, come on. <laughs> you could have had some fun, too. <laughs> Take some pride like, in yourself. <laughs> uh, so, what's your comedy fandom growing up? What what were you into? Um, I was into... I've always been into, like, British comedy. Okay. Um. So I didn't have cable growing up. Me neither. Um, and I remember that, like at three a.m., PBS would just start airing British television shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up watching like Faulty Towers, sure, <laughs> and um, like old episodes of Monty Python and like Mr. Bean and like weird kind of physical comedy. Yeah. Um, and I really like I really liked that a lot. And then when I got a little bit older, I got really into um, spaced 
Okay. Which was uh, uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and Nick Frost before they did major show together. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it was a TV show that they did before they started making all those movies. Um, and that, I mean, that was kind of similar to Cheat Code in that it was very, like, nerd dense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were more into like references. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Like. Uh, Finding Mr. Bean on PBS was a huge revelation to me. Like, I know. Went, like, because I didn't know that they, I, I, because I remember when PBS had like other British sitcoms, sitcoms on Saturday nights. Yeah. But they were like much older, like, Are You Being Served? Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Keeping appearances, like old people talking about old people things and whatever. Like the early panel shows. And then like Mr. Bean shows up, like, What is this? And like, Yeah. And oh, what was the other one? It and whenever like, it wasn't like I always like there was a time where I was watch like I would turn TV like at that time hoping he would be there because PBS mm-hmm. didn't keep like a, a there was no schedule yeah like <laughs> it wasn't like structure like this time was always this like yeah and whenever it was Mr. Bean I was like yeah like, yeah and it was such a weird thing like it felt like a like like a going against the grain thing to like yeah like because it because it, it is it's kind of nerdy and you it's know so weird at times yeah and so like um it had like yeah because he was such like a like it was an adult man but playing a character that was kind of like a lost little boy very, yeah very childish not um, knowing what to do in certain like it's yeah but as a young teenager i really really enjoyed that a lot even though at the time i like I, I didn't tell people yeah. that was what I was into. If people asked me what I watched, I probably just said like, I don't know, Alias yeah. or something. Uh, <laughs> um, so you mentioned Monty Python, and uh, what else is like your sketch fandom? Like, what you're watching? Any, any other things? Like, um, it's hard to say. Um, when I like everything kind of happened in waves. Like, I never thought of myself as like being super into comedy. I just mm-hmm. thought of myself as like a regular person. Yeah, but yeah. I did watch like like there i feel like i have friends that like comedy is like their identity and they're like oh you have to watch kids in the hall and like i like i have the entire set of you know this that and the other thing but Mm -hmm. i wasn't really like i didn't focus so much on that right um i know that i really liked um the state when i was in college Mm -hmm. um and like, I would go out of my way to watch anything that had Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter sure. <laughs> in it, um, like all of their movies and stuff. Yeah, there was um, uh, when I first watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer, I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't have any like history in the state until much later, but like it didn't click to me until like a year later when yeah. I happened to rewatch it. I was like, oh, I, I, I get this. Like, um. Yeah, I actually didn't even know that Wet Hot American Summer existed until the sequel came out. Oh, like, really? Wow. Like last year or wow. whatever. Um, but I watched like their other movies, like 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 the weird like romantic comedies and um, stuff that they would put together, like The my, Baxter. My cat's named after that. <laughs> that movie, yeah. the, I had like a weird um, preoccupation with that movie because every guy I've dated has married the next person <laughs> that they've dated. Like even in high school, like I, like I had two long-term boyfriends in high school and I broke up with them and they both married the next person they met. So you're a female back or, um, is that, yeah, they like, they talk about that in the I was movie. Gonna say, is there another name for like, is it 
guys no, are Baxters and girls or something else. The Baxter, okay. No matter what. Um, so I thought that was that was a funny idea because A, it always happens in movies, but it also has a personal relevance to me yeah. because that that's something that has just always happened in my life and it, it weirded me out. And I think like now it's interesting that <coughs> the state kind of has their like claws into comedy. Like they're so Yeah. Far sprung that like Yeah. Like, that it's watching those the way that everything has like shifted in the last 10 years and all these people that were like small yeah upstart groups have like created tiny little empires because in comedy like my real um introduction to the state was through Ni- reno 911 like oh yeah that was the first under like mm-hmm. the first idea that these people existed and mm-hmm. then and then they grew into like oh i have to find everything they ever had done like yeah um so, uh, I asked this of everybody, at least okay. mostly everybody, because <laughs> I forget sometimes. Uh, Saturday Night Live is like a huge sketch presence in the country. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Um, ooh, that's a that's a hard question. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I have to say Tina Fey. Right. Um. <laughs> Like, there are people who's maybe acting I like more, but I feel like she, like, if you're talking about, like, who do I want to be, who do I want to be like, Mm -hmm. she's such a good writer and such a good, like, leader Yeah, that she's the kind of person that makes shows happen. Yeah. Um, and, um, like, Kate McKinnon is the most, like... She has this in energy mm-hmm. and ability to do these crazy wild things that I could never in an, a million years feel like I could I am able to do. Yeah. Um this like command over her like facial muscle muscles and like body and can do complete transformations mm-hmm. whether it's impressions of a real person or just weird And then even like her characters. impressions of real of real people become their own characters like I know. her uh Angela Merkel like it's amazing is this very specific character now yeah. like it's not just a world leader it's Yeah. like this boy crazy um, Barack crazy yeah. like Yeah. And like I didn't I wasn't like 100% into the Ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. but Kate McKinnon in the Ghostbusters movie is like <laughs> The most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I think it's pretty universal that she's the best part. Like, yeah. I don't think you're alone there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think she she's really really great. But I think Tina Fey is kind of who I model myself after. Okay. Uh, I wa- I I loved Thirty Rock as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I've been leading this writers group lately um and because i have the most experience Mm -hmm. at least with show production after working at fit for so long sure um and i often do feel like her so now you're like the liz (laughs) lemon of this group yeah like i also i often feel like liz lemon um (laughs) because i'm just like like tearing my hair out trying to get these like doofy 20 30 year old <laughs> white guys to stop throwing pieces of paper at each other <laughs> um uh, okay so y- you've left philadelphia and now you're living in wisconsin yes in madison wisconsin which it like it sounds terrible it sound, it, it, <laughs> no, like, 
it sounds so like out there and so random, but then you realize that it's a huge college town. It's the capital. And it actually has a huge like comedy scene. It does. It really does. It's a it's a uh, big city. Was um, it Comedy on State? It's like the big Comedy Club on State yeah. is one of the top ten comedy clubs in the country. It's usually rated like number three or something. When, it, when you listen to comedy podcasts, you always hear of Comedy on State whenever they're going every through single around, time. Yeah. Everyone loves it, and it, like with good reason. They have the the open mic there that's every Wednesday is the it has huge crowds. Mm-hmm. It it's consistently good. Um, we get so many out of towners coming in. Everyone wants to hit that open mic because it's such a good experience. But, um, but now that you're in Wisconsin, it seems that you've transitioned a bit more to stand up. And um, I have. I started doing stand up because when I got there, there's a small improv theater, mm-hmm. but there was no sketch, and there was no like variety shows like i used to do a lot of weird variety shows here like the music show and stuff like that um those didn't really exist in madison it was just stand-up shows and showcases Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so i was like eh, screw it gotta start Um, doing something so i just started doing stand-up and i really like it a lot um do you find there's a difference in your process between writing sketch comedy and writing stand-up and performing Mm, i feel like i feel like the there there's not that much of a difference really um in both cases i kind of just start by like pitching premise ideas Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then and like thinking what ideas are funny to me and then after that i just write i like i never planned my sketches i was always really bad about that although now i do it a little bit better um so when it comes to stand up, I just write the jokes down. <laughs> uh, is, do you? Is there a big difference between performing as like doing stand up as Cynthia Marie versus being a character in a sketch? Like, um, have you found something? That's another thing that has been really helpful for me because you know, like in improv and in sketch, I felt like I was always surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. So even on stage, like the there was like an even weight of power, sure. <laughs> you know, because then you're not alone Absolutely. unless you're doing a monologue. Um, and on st- like when you're doing stand up, the focus is on you for the entire five, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, and there's a spotlight um, on there's like a, there, there's a spotlight <laughs> on you. Everyone is just looking at your face and the words you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's so like, it's so much more judgmental. <laughs> like, sure. There's a there there's a thing that used to happen at sketch open mics where if it was someone's first time, like the audience, like the person on stage would be like, next up we have a sketch from you know, uh, Josh, and it's his first time, and then everyone in the audience would start yelling first time, first time, first time, and it was this like collective, like they wanna laugh for you. Yeah, there, there's a support. Um, yeah. For that first They're attempt like, with Yay. the sketch. Yeah. Uh, but you would never say that at no. a stand-up show. And I know because I did it once when I was hosting. That's and not okay. And then someone okay. was like, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, crap. Because um, like in Sketch, especially with a supportive audience like in Sketch, there's, oh, okay, someone's <laughs> someone's joining us. And, and stand-up comedy is like, prove yourself now. Yeah. Like, And don't get me wrong. Stand-up comedians are so nice. 
Um, but there is a little bit of a, whether it's an actual comedian or an audience member, they want to laugh. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to make them laugh. You have to earn it. You have, you have to, to earn. Everything has to be yeah. right. The pacing, the timing, the words. It has to be so focused. And that has actually been helpful for my sketch writing as well because I've gotten better at cutting things out. Yeah. Like, like in the sketch that we read earlier, there are so many things that looking at it now, I was like, oh, none of this is necessary. We can yeah. take out this whole page. Sure, absolutely. Cause but I like... At the time, I think Peter even read it and told me some things, and I was like, no, I love it. I love all of it, every single word, because <laughs> it was so precious. It was my first thing. Um, uh, so like, And now that I'm leading a group, that's me all yeah. the time. I'm like, you don't need any of this. And they're like, what? And I'm like, don't get me wrong. They're funny jokes, but they're not needed they're, in yeah. the context of put this them, Put them in your briefcase thing. for next time. Like... like Put them, them in back another out. sketch. Yeah. Put them in your stand-up Absolutely. act. And like, that's something that... Do it somewhere else. <laughs> which will transition to, um, especially now that you're leading a group, you are you have a hand in stand-up, you you do sketch, you've done improv. Yeah. What is something that you've learned from comedy that you can pass on to um, new people? Or even, it doesn't even have to be like a comedy trick. It has something about life, something. Um, I think the thing that has been hardest for me and also the most important is like, Oh god, this sounds so cheesy. But like like believing in yourself. Sure. <laughs> I think so many so many sketch people, like the writers that I am helping to like grow as sketch performers in Madison, um like actors that I'm directing um they're all so they're humble but like like too humble yeah. you know like before they eat before we read the sketch they'll be like it needs a lot of work i kind of hate it like i don't know what i'm doing sure <laughs> and, yeah. yeah and or like they'll be like i know that i'm not doing this this or this right i'm just like working and i, I don't know what to do and i think a lot of times what people really need to do is just kind of trust themselves and as as a director i'm trying to help people learn to like not get in their head yeah and i think, I think there's a, a big difference between like oh um, here's a first draft it's crap and here's a first draft let's get it let's let's fix it let's get yeah, yeah. let's get better like um and here's a framework let's yeah keep going instead of like let's tear it apart and just completely read yeah. something else <laughs> and i know that feeling because i used to get so mad when i would write things that didn't work and i and i'd be like Oh, I hate them and everyone hates me. <laughs> mm. And like that's not net that's not true. I mean, yeah. obviously like not everybody in the world likes anyone, but everyone has a potential for growth and if you get down on yourself and are too busy like beating yourself up for your perceived flaws, then you're not going to find you're not going to be able to find the good stuff that's in that's buried yeah. in there because you're too busy like making yourself feel bad because your timing was off at a show like three days ago yeah um and then all right so you were in philadelphia for a while you did comedy in philadelphia and then like you you moved to wisconsin and you i feel like you jumped pretty much in pretty quickly i 
did after moving to Wisconsin. So why is comedy a th- like? Why is comedy hooked you? Why do you do it? Why have you pursued it? Um, I think it's because it's immediate. Like, I've I've worked a lot of different types of jobs. Like I I do temp jobs now, but mm-hmm. before that I was like retail and stuff that doesn't like pay very well. Yeah. Um, and so many of those jobs, like nobody cares. <laughs> nobody nobody says thank you and like the uh, or like like good job and like not that like i'm a millennium and i need someone to like give me a trophy blah 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 blah. but i'm the kind of person where i feel like i want to know that i've done something worthwhile um when i've done when i've spent like hours of time on something um so like my favorite jobs were jobs where i was helping children or making the community a better place mm-hmm. and and doing comedy i think on a small scale has the ability to make the world a better place because you know people come into your show and they're grumpy and they're sad and whatever and then you like entertain them and make them laugh and they go home and are maybe less sad for 3 days absolutely and i think on a small scale you're doing a good thing and that's and and it makes me feel good okay. <laughs> like from a purely selfish perspective yeah <laughs> so i just can't stop doing it all um, right. yeah all right i think i think that's all i have okay thank you thanks this Cynthia. was fun i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i like I podcasts it. now i'm gonna go <laughs> listen to a bunch of them well, there's like 30 something that you can you know, <laughs> go for oh boy <laughs> <laughs> thanks Cynthia. okay thank you Although Cynthia now lives in Madison, Wisconsin, you can see her at the Philly Improv Theater January 5th at 9 p.m. as Free Candy performs in the theme show. This month's theme is cliches. On January 20th, she will be performing with Nate Craig at the Majestic Theater as part of What a Joke Festival, which benefits the ACLU. You can follow her on Twitter at CDropsEves and check out the Facebook pages for The Woe Show and Movie Hell to keep up with those two shows that she does in Madison. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com and like My First Sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Now go see some comedy. <laughs>